Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. It is Friday, everyone. Congratulations. We did it. We've made it to another weekend, and I thank you for taking the time for spending a little bit of your Friday with me as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You'll find us. It's not just my show. That's also Dave Schofield, Stat Geek. By the way, listen to that show yesterday. was tremendous. He had a great guest on from Zebra Technologies. They talked about the advanced analytics with not just the NFL and where these next-gen stats are headed, but really, really awesome detailed information about the three Steelers rookies that were in the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. That would be Kenny Pickett, Calvin Austin III, and Connor Hayward. So make sure you check that out. But also, Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor on Tuesday. That's our morning lineup. Combine that with my Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. Our all of our noon lineup, our PM content, it's all right there in one spot. Anywhere where you get your podcast, search those two search terms. Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, do what you got to do so you don't miss a thing. And as always, we're a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and the one thing on the website that I want to get to before we go any further is these GM interviews. Uh, This is news. They've now had six general manager second interviews. For all those Lewis Riddick fans out there that are hoping and praying that the ESPN anchor slash analyst slash draft Nick, whatever, that he was possibly going to get a second callback. If it's going to happen, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, according to Andrew Stocky of WTAE, Riddick himself told him that he was not going to be getting a second callback and not going to get a second interview, that he was con- he was basically out of the running for that job. Uh, Brandon Hunt, Omar Khan, two internal candidates, both received those second interviews, as well as people like Doug Whaley, John Spitek, Andy Weedle, and uh, there's one more, six total Uh, that have those second interviews. A lot of people are speculating that is it for the second round of interviews, and the next step is, well, I would hope it would be to name the GM. (laughs) That's what I would hope. I would hope it would be to name the GM, but I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you why one candidate might be somehow better than the other. Yes, internal candidates do have a general understanding about the team, about the organization, about the coaching staff, and about the ownership, but that does not mean that they are the best person for the job. I trust the Steelers here. To be completely honest, I trust the Steelers to make the move that's going to make the most sense for the organization moving forward. So we'll see, and make sure you stay tuned to Behind the Steel Curtain because we're going to keep you up to date on all of that. We have all the interview reports. We have, uh, we're going to obviously have the breaking news when it happens. Whenever that is, no one knows. We'll see. Okay. The topic for today is all about the Steelers roster. Now, this kind of stemmed from an article that Shannon White, uh, Shannon White can be heard on the Curtain Call podcast, as well as the Hangover, the Steelers Hangover on Monday. He's also a writer, just like most of our podcasters are also writers for the website. He wrote an article about Tariq Cohen, thinking that Tariq Cohen would be a good addition for the Steelers as a change of pace back. He has a chemistry with Mitch Trubisky. Had a, it was a really good story, uh, a really good article by Shannon. And 
I, I agreed with everything that he wrote. Tariq Cohen could have been a great addition. And then he ends up rupturing his Achilles tendon while training as he is coming off of a knee injury, which is horrible. I mean, it's horrible to see something like that happen, especially when you hear about everything that, that Cohen's had to go through uh, in his professional career and personal life. And there's, if you read the article, you'll hear all about it. But the one thing that I kept thinking about is, are the Steelers done adding to their roster? That's the question, and that's what I wanted to talk about in the first half of the show. Are the Steelers done adding to their roster? Like That was the question, it's, and it's tough. It's tough to answer that. Yeah, there probably are going to be a few more additions, but I'm talking about a free agent acquisition post-NFL draft. You still see players getting added. Um, Bradbury, I believe, is the cornerback that was released from New York. He signed a one-year $10 million contract with Philadelphia. A lot of Steeler fans wanted him in the black and gold. I didn't want him for that price. I'll tell you that right now. So what I decided to do, I wanted to take a look at certain positions and the best of what's left at that position in terms of the free agent market, take a look at the salary cap space remaining, courtesy of our own Dave Schofield, and then kind of answer the question, are the Steelers or could the Steelers potentially still make a move and add to their roster? So what I did is I chose six positions It just happened to be, and I didn't put these in any particular order, that I had three offense and three defense. I was literally just running through the roster and thinking, if they were going to add someone, if they were going to add another player, what positions would they be targeting? So the the positions were running back, wide receiver, and offensive tackle on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, it was outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and cornerback. And so I went to Sport, Sport Rack, and they have everything filtered there for you in terms of the players that are still available. Uh, sometimes they have player market value in terms of how much would that player be demanding based on their how they compare to other players at the position, all that good stuff. So I'm going to give you some players that are still on the market that the Steelers could potentially add. I'm going to say their age. I think that's really important in all of these positions is the age of the player. And then afterwards, like I said, we'll talk about salary cap space, et cetera. Let's start with offense, running back. David Johnson, 30 years old, still available. So is Devontae Freeman and Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon, he's the one that torched the Steelers in Kansas City in the regular season last year. All of those players are still 30 or thirty years old. Latavius Murray, who most recently played for the Baltimore Ravens last season, is 32. And Alex Collins, formerly of the Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks, is 27 injury prone, but is still on the open market. Okay. So those are some names. Like those are names. That's what fans want. They want the Steelers to make a move. And and I'm going to steal this from one of my listeners. Shield 91 is his name on Twitter. Um, and he always says they want name brand. That's exactly what this is. They want some name recognition. He said that in regards to Lewis Riddick, people that wanted Lewis Riddick to be the GM. He said they wanted the name brand. So I kind of stole that from him there. Wide receiver. That's another position. And you got a name like Julio Jones out there. Now he's 33 years old. I'm not sure the Steelers would ever think about that, but still Julio Jones is a free agent. Will Fuller is 28. T Y Hilton, even though he's still having contract negotiations with the Colts the team, he's played with his whole career. He's 32. Cole Beasley, who was released by the Buffalo Bills, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. He's 33. If you want a slot cornerback, he's a good one. Alan Hearns is another one. He's 30 years old. Those are some of the wide receivers. These are not all these players, by the way. There's there's other running backs. 
I mean, they in terms of running back, they even had um, our boy Kalen Balaj from last year on there. So there's other players. These are just kind of some notable names. Let's go to offensive tackle. Now, it is worth noting, though. On, off- on the offensive tackle side, they did. The Steelers signed Trenton Scott last weekend. I didn't bring this up in any of my podcasts. I, I guess I just it slipped my mind. But Trenton Scott was added to the roster. He has some flexibility at guard and at tackle. He's previously played for the Chargers and the Carolina Panthers. So that they did add another tackle. I'm not sure if it's a tackle that people wanted. And you have Chaz Green still there. Obviously, they still have the entrenched starters, if you want to call them that, with Dan Moore Jr. and Chukwuma Okorafor. Joe Haig is still on the roster. But here are some offensive tackles that are still available. Nate Solder, who's 34. Dwayne Brown, 36. Brian Bulaga, 33. Eric Fisher, 31. Riley Reef, 33. Daryl Williams is 29. So only one of those players that's a notable offensive tackle is on the right side of 30, meaning younger than 30 years old. So you have running back, wide receiver, offensive tackle. There are some names. I don't know. We'll see. Let's go to defense. Outside linebacker. It's a position the Steelers probably are looking at adding another player at some point. Maybe it's an undrafted free agent. I don't know. Anthony Barr is 30. A.J. Klein's 30 up. Pernell McPhee, Steeler fan should recognize that name. He's 33, used to play for the Ravens. Um, KJ Wright's 32. Marlon Smith is 32. These are players that some of them have been around the league. Some of them are still maybe have a little juice left in the tank. I mean, you think about last season when they, the Steelers signed Melvin Ingram pretty late, closer to training camp. They bring in Taco Charlton, put him on the practice squad. Not out of the realm of possibility that some of these players, they, they kick the tires on, but we'll see. Inside linebacker. The first name on the list, <laughs> we'll know it well, Joe Schobert, 28 years old, still a free agent. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, 29. Donta Hightower is 32. Uh, Danny Tremathan is 32. LJ Ford's 32. Those are some of the inside linebackers that are out there. Now, cornerback, it's a little bit different. It depends on you know the age of the player. Trey Waynes, 29. Joe Hayden, we know him well, 33. Kyle Fuller is 30. Chris Harris, 32. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, 33. Xavier Rhodes, 31. A.J. Boye, 30. Vernon Hargraves, 26. So you have these players. I just named some big-time players. I mean, these are notable names. I mean, some of them you might say, who the heck is that guy? I get it. But would the Steelers make a move? Are the Steelers still, are they done adding to their roster? Well, let's look at the salary cap space. In Dave Schofield's most recent salary cap updated article where he updates everything, once he finds out one of the players that their their contract numbers are up, he then updates the article. According to Dave Schofield, the Steelers have an estimated twelve point five million dollars in salary cap space remaining. Again, twelve point five million in cap space remaining. Now, if for all the fans out there that are seeing this number and thinking, "Wow, like let's go get someone," I get that sentiment. I do remember. Cap space that's not used will roll over into next season. That can be helpful. But I think the Steelers, if I'm giving any advice here, don't add a player just to add a player. Unless it's an injury and you need to add depth, don't add a player just to say they've added a player. And that that's a, something the Steelers typically do not do. I don't think they will all of a sudden start to do that. But fans certainly want them to do something. There's that meme that's on Twitter all the time where it shows a little stick figure and he has a stick and... He's poking the Steeler logo saying, do something, just do something. I get that. It's frustrating for fans, but you don't want them to just 
let me give you an example. You don't want the Steelers to bring in um, a player like Jarek McKinnon at 30, and he's going to cost the team, I don't know, $5 million against the cap. He's just not going to do that unless you think he's going to be a big part of the the equation on the offensive side of the football. The player has to be worth the money, and this is why I'm going to go back to those positions that I already targeted and say, would it be smart for them to add there, and would they spend the money? So running back, I think it would be smart for them to add there, but it's got to be at the right price. So that Jarek McKinnon that I mentioned, I would be fine with them bringing him in, but it's got to be at the right price. Wide receiver, I don't think they go that route. Why? They just drafted two. You add that to Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. You also have Pat Fryermuth. I don't think they need to add the wide receiver room right now unless there's a change and injury happens. That might change everything. Outside linebacker, like I mentioned, they brought in Ingram late last year, Taco Charlton. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they might reach out to someone, but they might also wait until a player gets cut. You know those cuts come every year during training camp. We'll see. Inside linebacker, this is one of the deepest positions on the Steelers roster. It might not be tremendous depth, but it is one of the deepest positions on the roster. You just went out and got Miles Jack this past offseason. You're hoping Devin Bush has a resurgence in his career. And then you look at other players. Like uh, you even talk about the hybrid players that like Marcus Allen, Miles Killebrew. Um, you can bring up a lot of names at inside linebacker. I don't think they add there unless they see or think that there's they need that depth. Not sure they're there just yet. Offensive tackle. These guys are probably going to cost too much money. Even if they're aging, uh, I don't think the Steelers make that move at offensive tackle. I think they like what they have. Cornerback's another position, but again, I'm, I'm looking at like Joe Hayden. Like Joe Hayden has moved out of his Pittsburgh apartment, and I'm not saying that he would come back or want to come back, but what's it going to cost? That's what I'm talking about. Don't just add a cornerback to add a cornerback. The player has to be worth the money. Is Joe Hayden worth the contract he had last year? If you're looking at this logically, the answer is no. He's not worth that amount of money. So I would say that they avoid the cornerbacks at least right now and hope that a bunch of number twos and some really versatile safeties can fix that secondary. For those that might be out there thinking, ah, what about the Minka Fitzpatrick extension? You know, that $12.5 million. Don't worry about that. I think that if I were to be a betting man, Minka Fitzpatrick's extension will do exactly what TJ Watts extension did last season. If you remember the signing bonus that he, that TJ Watts signed prior to week one actually decreased his 2021 cap hit. I would imagine that the same thing would happen with Minka Fitzpatrick's cap hit in 2022. So I don't think if they get a deal done that they would need to do anything drastic at all. Okay. So let's wrap this up before we get to random thoughts. Are the Steelers done adding to their roster? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that outside of those training camp cuts where someone might get released or someone might get cut that they're not expecting to be on the open market, they're done making moves. That's just my own personal belief. Now, you think about some of the players that I I mentioned, the cornerback from the, the Giants that was just signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. He was released. That changes things. But as of right now, unless a player gets released or unless we're talking about cuts at training camp, I don't think the Steelers make any moves. I think they sit on this $12.5 million. I think they're happy with the roster that they have. They've had a good offseason so far. I don't think they make any moves, even though they have the space 
And even though there's some names out there, if there is, if I were to predict a position that they might add, I think it might be at running back. But I've been wrong before. I'm probably wrong again. Let's do some random thoughts. We always do this on Friday. So if you listen to that Scove to Dave Schofield's podcast on Thursday, the advanced analytics I talked about, man, some really interesting stuff. I just want to plug that show again. If you missed it, go back and check it out. There's nothing time sensitive that you're all of a sudden, oh, I don't want to go back and listen because that's old news. There's nothing old in there. And the stuff that they talked about from the Senior Bowl and the everything from Kenny Pickett's how fast he ran to his decision-making, his accuracy, the fact they have these sensors in the football that can tell you the rotation and, and how he can really spin it. It's it's really interesting, and I'm not a numbers guy, by the way. I'm not a stat guy. If you listen to my podcast and you listen to the Steelers preview, I'm like the moron of the bunch. They ask these trivia questions, and I just kind of sit there and like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of these – Dave's such an analytical, mathematical mind. I'm the polar opposite. So, But even I found it unbelievably interesting, so make sure you give that a listen. And the last thing I, I want to talk about is the crap that's going on with the NCAA football, and I'm talking about the – transfer portal you know that the pit wide receiver i don't even know the guy's name uh, he's considered one of the best receivers in the game is leaving pit to go to usc and you've got um, nick saban and the head coach of texas a&m and they're going head to head and just ripping each other in press conferences everyone says that this makes for great television and i'm not saying i disagree with that but it's everything that i hate about college football it's they've taken a game that i've always felt was always too watered down and I, I couldn't follow it anyways. And now they're having players move around every single year, going here, going there. To me, this just further emphasizes why I don't like college football. And some might say this makes it more exciting, and that's fine, that you're entitled to your opinion. For me, I don't. it's tough enough to track players in the NFL, let alone these players that are bouncing from team to team, college to college every single year. So I, I just it's honestly making me less interested in it. I'll follow it like I have been, which is not until the draft prep comes up. Other than that, the NCAA is in a world of hurt. I think they're going in the wrong direction, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, hey, when we come back, I don't have a guest today. Uh, There's no Blue Check Beck. There's no Dave Schofield, no Brian Anthony Davis. I want to talk about a little bit of gambling, sort of. We'll be right back after this break. Fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. It is Friday, and I decided to do something different. And to be honest with you, I am I'm actually thinking about having a podcast during the football season that is based on wagers, based on numbers, picks, the spread, over under. I am not a, a big gambler. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, in the state of Maryland where I live, they did legalize gambling, but it's not to the point where you can have the, whether it's the Barstool Sportsbook or Caesars or FanDuel, DraftKings Sportsbook, I can't get that yet. I can go to a casino if I want to drive that far and place a wager, 
but I can't do that just from my mobile device. But I do love talking about the spreads. I do love talking about over-under. Last season, my picks versus the spread were not they – were, they weren't outstanding. What I was outstanding with was over-under. There's no over-under lines yet that I've seen. But SB Nation is sponsored by DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. And so what I decided to do in the second half of this show today is I wanted to take a look at those early lines for the 2022 regular season. It's been just over a week since the schedule was released. And yes, they already have those early lines out. There are some caveats here. But I want to go through each game for the Steelers, look at that early spread, and then kind of say... If I'm putting money down right now, because you could, you could, you could put money down on the Steelers in week one getting points on the road or against the Patriots at home in week two. So I'm going to go through it. I'm going to tell you where I would put my money if I was a betting man right here on the 20th of May in 2022. Like I said, I'm not a gambler, but if I was, this is where I would put my money. Okay, these lines can change. And once we get to week three, you'll understand how they can change. So the Pittsburgh Steelers open up in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals, we all know, they're the defending AFC champions. The Steelers are getting six and a half points on the road. Now, this is a tough line here. It, I was really shocked this was not over a touchdown. And the reason being is when you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers and you think about the fact that they're on the road against the Bengals. There's so much uncertainty about the Steelers, and the Bengals are supposed to be one of the better teams in the conference. Six and a half points is not a lot. The one thing I like about Pittsburgh, and I like about it being week one, is the same reason I had a good feeling about the Steelers in week one last year in Buffalo. They are going to have a lot of time to prep and prepare for Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, you name it. And they're going to have a lot of time to really figure out. And let's keep in mind, I talked about the uncertainty, the unknown. The Bengals want to prepare, but for what? For who? What if by that time, you know, the Steelers haven't really decided who's going to be the starter at quarterback? What if they really don't know the meaning of the Bengals? What the Steelers offense is going to look like? What is the Brian Flores and Terrell Austin defense going to be? I like the Steelers getting points in this game. I really do. I'm not saying they win it, but I'm saying that I think they keep it close. They get six and a half, take the Steelers getting the points. The New England Patriots go to Pittsburgh, and this was a stunner for me. The Steelers, they typically do well in their home openers. They lost last last year in week two to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But still, the Steelers are home underdogs here. The Steelers are getting a point at home against the New England Patriots. Now the Patriots are coming off a playoff. Uh, they're coming off a playoff run as well. Mac Jones got them to the postseason last year, and then they were just annihilated by the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round. They go to Pittsburgh. Steelers are getting one point at home. I like the Steelers when they're home dogs, so I'm going to say take the Steelers getting a point. I, I I like them straight up in that game. I'd put them on the money line. I like the Steelers getting a point there. Now the week three, like I said, week three, you got to keep an eye on that one. And there's no line on the Steelers at Browns for Thursday night. And the reason why there's no line is that Vegas, whatever book you're looking at, they're not touching this game until they find out who the quarterback for the Browns is going to be. And if it's Deshaun Watson, expect the Steelers to be underdogs in Cleveland. If it's Jacoby Brissett, 
I wouldn't be shocked if it's a pick 'em game or if you would just see the typical three-point home field advantage for the Browns on primetime. So there's no line there, so I'm not touching that game either. Then you go to week four, the New York Jets at the Steelers. Steelers are giving three and a half points. The Jets are supposed to be better. Uh, I always call the Jets quarterback Zach Morris, and that's the character from Saved by the Bell. It's not. It's something else. I'm sorry. I don't know his name. It escapes me right now, but I'm going to take the Steelers giving three and a half at home against the Jets. They're going to be coming off of a mini buy. Let's keep that in mind. Regardless of the line against Cleveland, they're going to be coming off a mini buy. I like the Steelers giving three and a half there. Now, here's a tough game. The Steelers go to Buffalo. Week five, Pittsburgh's getting eight. They're getting eight points at Buffalo. This is a place where they went in and stunned them last year. Eight is a big number. It's not double digits. Depending on how those first four games go for Pittsburgh, I could see this climbing up maybe to the nine, nine and a half. I like the Steelers plus eight here. Again, I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I think they're going to be a team that's going to be competitive, and they're going to keep it close. This next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. The Steelers are getting three and a half at home. Getting three and a half at home. I cannot remember the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers had were getting three and a half points at home. Maybe it was in 2019 when Roethlisberger was out. But the Tampa Bay Bucks come in. They're going to be a good team. We all know Tom Brady. And this might be a game, depending on how these teams look, that people might say, I'm going to go with the Bucks on the road. I like the Steelers at home when they're underdogs. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think it's going to be close. But I think that three and a half number, that hook, I think the Steelers will keep it within a field goal, in which case they would still win that wager. The Steelers go to Miami. This is a game that's tough. They go to Miami at Sunday Night Football. We all talk about the revenge aspect for uh, Brian Flores. The Steelers are getting three and a half points on the road in primetime. They typically play well in primetime situations. Three and a half points. So this might be one, though. The Miami Dolphins offense looks pretty good. If I were to go against the Steelers, it might be this one. It might be take the Dolphins that they find a way to get a last-second field goal or something to cover the spread. I'm just not so sure. And I might do the same thing the next week in week eight because the Steelers go to Philly, and Philly is giving three points. So the Steelers are getting three. And I'm just not sure. that I know everyone says, Jeff, yeah, they haven't won since 65, but it's been they're due to break that streak eventually. I just don't see it happening. I'm a Pirates fan. We have all said the same thing over and over again about the Brewers and Milwaukee, and it's a house of horrors, Miller Park. And it just it just continues to haunt that team. I feel like it's the same thing with the Steelers and Philly. So I would say probably take the Eagles to cover there. You come off the bye, the New Orleans Saints are going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's giving one and a half. This is a game coming off the bye week. Mike Tomlin's record stellar. Take the Steelers giving the points. I think they cover that easily. And then you have the Steelers and Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Two and a half points the Steelers are getting at home, again, I don't have to reiterate it. I like the Steelers when they're home dogs. Take the Steelers getting the points. We'll see if that number, that number will probably change a lot. Now we're in that second, we're well into the second half of the season. A lot of times these numbers can change dramatically based on how the records are, injuries, things of that nature, but we're going to press on. The Steelers go to the Colts. This is a Monday night contest. They back-to-back primetime games. Steelers are getting four and a half. This is a tough game based on the Colts' ability to run the football but if, if Matt Ryan's not lighting it up, I see this being a low-scoring affair. I like the Steelers getting four and a half in that instance. 
you keep it low scoring. The Steelers are going to be hanging around four and a half points. I'll take the Steelers. Steelers are giving two and a half on the road to Atlanta. I don't like that at all. I do not like that at all. The reason being, they don't play in Atlanta that often. I have horrible memories of that of the games that they've played in Atlanta and against Atlanta. I would say take Atlanta at home. I just don't think the Steelers, they might win it, but I don't think they cover. It's going to be a close game. Then you get these Ravens matchups. The first game in Pittsburgh, the Steelers are, are getting two. Then when they play again in week 17, the Steelers are getting five and a half on the road. We know how close these games are, and they often are a field goal or less. At home, I like the Steelers. On the road, I also like the Steelers getting five and a half in week 17. I don't know what it is. I just think the Steelers are playing the Ravens really well right now. I think they match up well with Lamar Jackson. So that's my thought there. Take the Steelers in both of those games. Steelers at Panthers. The Steelers at Panthers. The Steelers are only giving one on the road. Take the Steelers. Take the Steelers only giving one. Put that, That's an easy bet for me. The Raiders, though, this is the, the, the Christmas Eve game. Pittsburgh's giving one and a half. Vegas, I don't, I don't like this game at all. The Steelers are getting one and a half. I don't care. I probably have to put the money on the Raiders there. And there's no line for that Cleveland game. So this is tough. These are tough, especially the second half. But again, you, you look at the Cleveland Week 3 game. No one knows. So like I said, I, I wanted to go through those because I think it's worth talking about. And I love it. I You listen to me during the season. Every Friday I give you my game picks. I, I love talking about the spread. I love talking about over-under. I remember my dad coming home from work, and he would have these little sheets of paper, and he would circle the the games, just the games he wanted to wager on. And I remember him explaining to me the three-point home field advantage and all this stuff and the hook. And and I was so interested in it because it it made it interesting. And I remember these ridiculous spreads in college football, you know, and they still have ridiculous spreads in college football. You know, will will Alabama cover the 27-and-a-half-point spread against – Good Sisters of the Poor, or some other tiny Division Three school or Division One school school that's playing Alabama on their homecoming game. So I hope you enjoyed it. I I, I know it's not normal. I don't normally do it on Fridays, but I want to do something a little different. And like I said, if we do that podcast, it would probably be me and maybe some other people talking about the spreads, and it would only be during the season. All right, let's finish up with a heart to heart, as we always do. You know, there's a lot of fans that, in terms of the Steelers, that. They, they, they want to know, and they want to try to predict everything. And this is what I've said all, all numerous times, what I hate about the NFL draft, is everyone wants to predict everything. Why don't we all just take some time, take a step back, and let's take a wait-and-see approach. Let's just take a wait-and-see approach. Don't you like to be surprised? And this is something we tell, my, my wife and I tell our kids all the time. We'll, we'll have something planned. And we're like, you know, it's going to be a surprise. Well, what is it? And we'll say, don't you want to be surprised? I remember as a kid, you know, Christmas, birthdays, my parents, I always, always wanted to be surprised. I never wanted to know what I was getting. Never. I always wanted to be surprised. That's one of the things that I'm so excited about for this season. For the first time, I can't predict much about this team. The picks I just gave you in the second half. I don't know if those are going to hold up. I'm basing that off of my mental image of what I think this defense and what this offense is capable of. 
but I have nothing tangible to actually look at, wrap my head around to say this pick could work. That's what makes this intriguing. It's what makes this season exciting. I don't know why the fan base feels so infatuated and obsessed with trying to predict everything. Sometimes it is worth its weight in gold to sit back and just see how it plays out. Because let's be honest here, folks. What we think, what we say, what we do has no bearing on the team whatsoever. So if you want to get into a Twitter argument with four other people about who's going to be the starting quarterback in week one, have at it. To me, it's just not worth it. I want to take a wait-and-see approach. I want to see the competition. I want to see Kenny Pickett, Trubisky, Rudolph, anyone win that job. Debating this in May does nothing but give you a headache or make you feel better about yourself if you think you won the argument. Whatever. Don't you love a surprise, though? I know I do. I love a surprise. I absolutely do. And so that's why I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. Try it. Give it a shot. I bet you'll like it. I bet you will. All right, folks, that does it for me on Monday. Really excited about this Monday morning conversation. Going to be talking about Big Ben. Going to be talking, yeah, I said it, Big Ben. Big, Big Ben on Kenny Pickett. Big Ben Mason Rudolph. What does that mean? What are my thoughts on that? Yeah, tune in on Monday. You're, you won't want to miss that one. In the meantime, I hope you have a great weekend. As we always finish it out, be safe. Be kind and God bless those dealers. We'll see you on Monday.